0: All right, we have two more messages in this series. And then we'll transition to whatever God has for the season. <laughs> Lessons from the Red Sea. I really feel like I'm loud right now. Am I really loud? Not too bad. Okay. All right, maybe it's up here the monitors guys. You can There you go. That's a little better. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, We are people of tradition, are we not? Um, We just got done with Thanksgiving. We like our routines. We like our various habits, uh, traditions that we have. Um, That's just how we are as people. Let me get a little bit of a response from you all here. Um, With me, there are just certain things that I have to have on the Thanksgiving table, all right? Which is kind of presumptuous of me because I don't do any of the cooking. Um, but uh, you know, many of you would probably say the same thing. And I asked my family this question over the last couple of days, and let me just get a get a response. If if uh, okay, a couple of days ago we celebrated Thanksgiving. If there was just one food item that you had to have on your Thanksgiving Day table, what would it be? You don't have to answer that. But what would the one Food item B that you just absolutely had to have? How many of you would say, I just have to have the turkey? Let me see your hands. Turkey? I don't think I get too many people. How many of you like dark meat or white? Dark meat? White meat. Really? Interesting. How many of you would say, I just have to have the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the noodles? Uh huh. Okay. How many of you would say, um, maybe the broccoli casserole? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> What else? There's green bean casserole. Anybody else green bean casserole? One. I got one. You really? Okay. Um, what else is there? There's um, dressing, stuffing. Yeah. Okay. You like the dressing? All right. Um, rolls. How many have to have the rolls? I got to have the rolls. Okay. Am I missing anything? What is sweet potato casserole? All right. I like the sweet potato path. And that's all there is for that. For for. Th- Pumpkin pie. How many of you are pumpkin pie people? Got it. All right. Now that I have your attention, are you serious? Cranberries? Who eats cranberries today anymore? Really? All right. Beets? Anybody have beets? I will pray for you, Gary Burrow. That is horrible. Beets. You love beets. That explains a lot. No, I'm Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Anybody hungry now? You still have leftovers in your fridge. We are people of habit, routine. I told Stephanie, I said, I don't care what we make, I just want you to make the gravy. I need gravy. I want gravy over everything. Um, We like to have things our way. (laughs) We like having Thanksgiving our way and having life our way. But here's a thought that I have for you. Or should I say a question? What if God only answered prayers our way? What if he answered prayers only the way we wanted them? What if he only used our recipe, so to speak? Go to Exodus chapter 14. You should know the passage by now. Exodus chapter 14. I also like corn casserole. My wife makes a mean corn casserole. It's just kind of sweet. Exodus chapter 14. I was going to start at 10, but I'll just kind of quickly surmise. You know where we've been. God brings them to the Red Sea. They look to the right, to the left, and front, and then back, and there's no way out. They start to complain. They cry out to God. They complain to God. They complain to Moses. Moses cries out to God. God said, why are you crying out to me? Just tell them to move forward. And he begins to put in place a series of events that they'll never forget. We talked recently last week about the pillar, about the enveloping presence of God. How we need the enveloping presence of God to go before us and beside us and all around us and to lead us and guide us. And, and here we are at the edge of the sea. Let's pick up with verse uh, let's go 19. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. And on your screen, uh, verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. One man described the Exodus event this way, quote, here we see the Israelites still in shock. They watched in unbearable suspense as the old man raised his rod over the obstructing area. An eastern wind suddenly gusted from the heavens, tugging at the beards and the cloaks of the multitude who were mostly skeptics. They watched, slack jawed, as the downdraft intensified hit the water and slowly plowed through the sea. The waves rose in foam and fury, forming translucent walls that became an avenue for them and later an ambush for their enemies. A gateway to one and a graveyard to the other. The parting of the Red Sea was the Old Testament's most dramatic object lesson, one of God's greatest miracles. At times this story almost seems to have come from the back lot of a Hollywood studio, does it not? And really, I guess it did. Uh, A number of years ago with the Ten Commandments and Charlton Heston. But let me ask you a question, another question. Do you believe that this story of deliverance really took place? Really, do you believe it? If you do, then you realize the kind of implications your answer has, right? If you truly believe that God parted the waters of the Red Sea, the implications for you and me are enormous. The implications for you and me are families Our neighbors, our co-workers are huge. For if we truly believe that God delivered His people like this, then perhaps, just perhaps, He can deliver us from our financial dilemmas. Just perhaps He can deliver us from our marital issues. Just perhaps He can deliver us from any relationship chaos going on in our life. Just perhaps He can deliver us from emotional or physical illness. Do you believe that? You see, it's easy to say that we believe in church, especially when a pastor asks that question. You're, just, you're supposed to say yes. But this question also reveals a problem. If we're honest with ourselves, we would have to say that it's hard to completely trust God... Or give him the freedom to work because we're afraid that he might not do what we want him to do. We're afraid that he might not answer our prayer the way we want him to answer our prayer. We're afraid that we're going to come to the Thanksgiving table and there not be gravy on the table. (laughs) This truth gives way to our eighth lesson. Hard to believe we've had eight lessons so far. You see, you and I must give God the leeway. We must trust God, this is number eight, to deliver in his own unique way. We have to trust God to deliver in his own unique way. That's why I asked you, what if God only answered prayers the way we wanted him to answer prayers? Think about this. If we had it our way... Or if Moses would have had it his way, he never would have gone back to Egypt. He just would have stayed there with his family in his cushy job that he was working with his father-in-law. He probably would have been next in line to take over the family business. If the Israelites had it their way, do you realize that the second book of our Bible would never have been written? Because they would have stayed in Egypt. And really, they'd probably still be there to this day. The widow would never have run out of oil and flour, and her son would have never died. If the newly married couple had it their way, the wedding planner would have done their job right and planned ahead and made sure that there was enough wine. We would have quit fishing after our first cast brought in nothing. Lazarus would have never even gotten sick. To begin with, if you think about it, church, and all the biblical miracles, mankind would have done things differently. But we'd have no burning bush, no staff that would turn into a snake, no, in our story of Moses and this whole exodus, no clean hand that would become leprous and then become clean again. There would be no ten plagues. There would be no parting of the Red Sea. There would be no manna from heaven. There would be none of that. And This applies to the storms of our life. If God only worked within, within the sphere of our vision, we would never see the impossible become Possible, There would be no reason for Isaiah 55, 8 to be written, which says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. Here's another question for you. Will God deliver you from every storm, every evil work, every peril and danger and tribulation, even death itself? Now, you may expect me to give some kind of caveat and say, well, you know, God doesn't always, you know, you have to be careful what you, you know. I say, yes, God will deliver us from everything, but He will do it His way. You didn't like that part? I didn't like that part either. You see, there is not. A one-size-fits-all system that God has to use. But make no mistake about it, God always delivers. God always delivers. may not seem like it, right? But He always delivers. And many times He delivers in three unique ways. And I will cover these as quickly as I can. He delivers in three unique ways. Ways. The first, miraculous. He delivers in the miraculous. We know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that I could go around this room today and there would be many stories that you would tell that would be miraculous. About how God has moved in your life. His powers have not declined. They have not been reduced from the day that Moses raised the staff. They have not been reduced one bit. I heard a story about George and Sarah Clark who ran this. Look at this old picture here. Who ran the Pacific Garden Mission years ago in Chicago back in the late 1880s. As the mission grew, so did the expenses. And one day, that family there that you see on the screen found themselves with no money and 24 hours away from losing their building because they couldn't pay the rent. They prayed all night. And they woke up in the morning, they walked out of their house, and they were in shock. Their yard was covered in white total white. As they looked closer, they found that their yard was covered with rare mushrooms of the highest quality. They they uh, cut all the mushrooms and they took them to all the local chefs who paid top dollar. And before they knew it, they had the money to pay their rent. Isn't that crazy Steve. And those mushrooms never grew. One more time after that. Never grew again. That's our God, Don. That's our God. So, we know that He delivers in miraculous ways. Now, I would like to say that that's how He always delivers. That would just We would just walk around every day with wah, ah, aha moments. But He doesn't always work like that. Matter of fact, I find that He works many times in providential ways. God many times will deliver providentially. What I mean by that? Many times God works with us in normal, day-to-day, typical ways, providing providentially. It's in this that we look for God's hand in accidents. Nolan, wherever he went. We look for God's hand in accidents, as Dave said, another three feet to the right or another three feet to the left, and Nolan might not be with us. See, that's the providential hand of God. We look for God's hand in misfortunes or coincidences. We as believers do not believe that there are such things as coincidences, right? But much of our life will be looking in For those things and trusting in God's unseen hand. Things like you go to take a trip on an airplane and you find that your trip has been delayed or something's up with your ticket and you can't get on that plane. Only to realize the next time that you're when you're on that plane, you're sitting beside someone who needs Jesus Christ. Who needs to be told about Jesus Christ. Who needs to know your story. God works providentially. Daily. I've read a story. I know I'm kind of dating myself a little bit here, but many of you will know the name Cliff Barrows. How many of you know Cliff Barrows? Let me see your hand. Cliff Barrows. Cliff Barrows was the long-time singing partner for the Billy Graham Ministry Crusades. Long time. I think he just recently passed away. I think Cliff Barrows just passed away. Let me read this story about him. In 1945, before he met Billy Graham, Cliff Barrows and his fiancée had scraped together enough funds for a simple wedding and two train tickets to a city with a resort hotel. On arrival, however, they found that the hotel had been shut down. Stranded in an unfamiliar city with little money, they thumbed for a ride. A sympathetic driver took them to a grocery store owned by a woman that he knew. The newlyweds spent their first night in the room above that store. (laughs) The next day, when the lady overheard Cliff playing Christian songs on his trombone, she arranged for them to spend the rest of their honeymoon at a friend's house. Several days later, the host of that house invited them to attend a youth rally where a young evangelist was speaking. The song leader that night was sick. And Cliff was asked to take charge of the music for the service. The young evangelist, of course, was Billy Graham. And the two have been partners ever since. That's the providential hand of God. God delivers miraculously. He delivers providentially. And thirdly, he delivers in mysterious ways. Mysterious ways. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it real quickly though. Uh, This faith chapter is talking about some amazing events, but then in verse 35 it takes a twist that is not altogether pleasant. Hebrews 11.35 says, Others, speaking of those who were faithful to Jesus Christ... It says, others were torn, were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth. Whenever God does not deliver through the miraculous, whenever he does not deliver through providence, he will deliver perhaps mysteriously. This is a part of the message that can be somewhat hard to preach and hear because it forces us to accept the fact that sometimes, sometimes God delivers in ways that we may not want Him to. Sometimes God delivers in ways we do not wish. However, we need to understand that God answers and delivers even in mysterious ways. Vance Havner was a North Carolina evangelist, lost his wife to disease. And he was broken hearted. But out of that experience, he later wrote this. When before the throne we stand in him complete, all the riddles that puzzle us here will fall into place. And we shall know in fulfillment what we now believe in faith. That all things work together for good in his eternal purpose. We no longer will cry, My God, why? Instead, Alas will become Alleluia, and all question marks will be straightened into exclamation points, for sorrow will change to singing, and pain will be lost in praise. 2 Timothy 1. 418 tells us, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul wrote that in prison. Now Paul had been in prison probably a number of times. But shortly after he wrote that, God will deliver me. A few days after writing this, Paul was beheaded. And his body was cast aside, and his head was tossed into the grave after him. And I ask you this morning, was he delivered? Yes, he was. For you see, he was snatched away from the evil that surrounded him, and he was taken into a place where Satan could not touch him. Satan could not torment him any longer, could not harass him, and could not chase him. During these times of mystery, church, it is imperative to remember the words that Jesus said, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. God delivers mysteriously as well. There's an 18th century poet, that's his picture there, William Cowper. William Cowper. He struggled with depression, melancholy for much of his life. One time he was near suicide when he called for a carriage and he ordered the driver to take him to a river that was three miles away so that he could kill himself. The driver sensed his passenger's dilemma and began praying. Immediately they ran into a thick fog. And the driver purposely took a different route. And Cowper fell into a deep sleep. Several hours passed and the driver let Cowper sleep. Then he returned him home. When Cowper awoke, he exclaimed, back home, how is this possible? The driver said, I got lost in the fog, sir. I'm sorry. Cowper went inside and pondered how he had been spared from self-destruction and realized that it was the hand and the mercy of Of God. That same evening in 1774, he wrote the following hymn God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in every sea and he rides upon the storm. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessing. On your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. Yes. Listen, as precious as life is, as abundant as life is in Jesus Christ, church, we are still living in this life, we are still living within the realm of Satan's kingdom. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, we have lived under that curse. The curse that is ushered into the world, that has ushered into the world tears and pain and stress and sickness and death. We know that to be the world that we live in, yet God still allows us to experience life and life more abundant. I think about all of us have played the game tag growing up. Tag, you're it. I think whenever the kids uh, sometimes have gotten together, they uh, they play, what's it, underground church? Is that what it's called? To where they they, they kind of... They kind of have, uh, they, they have to run and hide and they have people that try and get them. All of us have played that game. But one thing that typically takes place in the game of tag is there is a place called home base, right? If I can just get to home base, then no one can get me. No one can tag me. No one can touch me. I'm safe at home base. Folks, our eighth lesson tells us that God always delivers. Sometimes it's through the miraculous. Sometimes it's through the providential. But we must also acknowledge that sometimes He delivers us in mysterious ways. Sometimes they are painfully mysterious ways. Sometimes God delivers by sending us or our loved ones to home base. (laughs) You ever think about that? Yeah. He sends us or our loved ones to home base in heaven where there is no more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death and no more pain. Our human hearts may experience great pain, but our spiritual hearts can experience great joy knowing that there is a home base in that God has been, pre- been preparing for you and I. And Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a home base for you. So that one day when you go there, when your loved ones go there, you're safe. No more pain. No more sorrow. There is coming a day. No heartache will come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace Forevermore on that happy golden shore, what a day, what a glorious day that may be no, that will be. Romans eight eighteen, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Does God still deliver his children out of their storms? Psalm 34:19, and then I close. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. This morning, let me encourage you by telling you that God will indeed deliver you through the miraculous, through the providential, or mysteriously. We just have to give him the freedom to work in his own unique way. That doesn't mean that we can't pray. That doesn't mean that we can't get specific with God. He wants us to be specific with him. That will build our faith. And sometimes he will hear us and he will answer how we pray. But sometimes he doesn't. We can trust him. Give him the freedom to work in his unique and marvelous ways. For he knows what is best. Next time we will close this series and we will hear one final time from Darlene Diebler-Rose. Would you bow your heads? Dick, would you come up and... Louise, if you come up and play for us. See, that's the caveat, isn't it? That's, that's the rub. That's, that's the problem. As, as we believe that God will deliver us, but just as long as it's how we want. Yeah. But all the wonderful ways that we miss out if we don't put it into the hands of God. If Stephen Katrina would not have said yes to the Lord. They would never experience the life that they're about ready to experience. I believe there are great things in store for them because their hearts are being poured out as like a drink offering to the Lord. Their hearts are prepared to go into service and God will honor that. There will be many great things that are in store for them. They'll never experience that though had they not said yes to the Lord. Church, maybe... um, Someone here just needs to give God the freedom to work. I know whom I have believed in, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That we're going to sing that song this morning. But let's pray. Father God, thank you. Once again, your word. Thank you for the truths of your word. Lord, this message is filled with some aha moments, it's filled with acknowledging how you move in wonderful, glorious, magnificent, powerful ways. But Lord, we also have to understand that sometimes you work in mysterious ways that we don't understand. But we know that we know we can trust you. we can believe in you. God, I pray that all of us in here this morning to give you the freedom to work. Trust you. Pray. Be specific in our requests and our needs. But then allow you to work and to trust you for the rest. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.